The wrong relationship magnifies your insecurity. At the heart of all your interpersonal issues with anybody else is your own inability to. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, a former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. What are three things that you would tell, you know, the Mel of 26 years ago before oh. getting married to set yourself up? If you could say three things that you wish you could have done, not wish you'd have done differently, but if you could just coach yourself then mm. and say, you know what, there's going to be amazing times, there's going to be challenges, but if you could work on these three things now, it'll really minimize a lot of stress or heartache or confusion or frustration that might occur in those 26 years. What would those three things be? In order, in order to have just more harmony consistently. Wow. Knowing that there's going to be challenges and there's no perfect marriage or relationship. Oh, God, no. But, yes. But what would be the three things to create more harmony moving forward? Number one, if you can afford it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, therapy? Get into therapy now Dude. as a couple. Um, and I'll, I'll come back to that. The second thing is um, work on your own because the secret to a happy relationship is you being happy mm-hmm. and the person that you're with being a happy person that's like like somebody once said to me you want to know the secret to a happy marriage mel i said what is it he said marry somebody who's happy so true <laughs> otherwise you're always trying to coach someone to become happy correct And so I feel like therapy is incredible because a lot of successful relationships, and I would put Chris and I in this category, a lot of successful relationships that go the distance, go the distance because you're good at the logistics. You're good at the doing. 
And if you are together for a long time, what's going to happen is you're going to go through multiple chapters together and you're going to go through all different phases of growth together. And if you have pets or you have children or you have a lot of family around, you're also going to have other individuals that are part of your relationship. And if you go the distance, there's a lot going on, especially when you add kids, especially when you add pets, especially when you add two different careers, right? Or your own personal growth. And so Chris and I are extraordinary at like, launching a business, building or renovating a house, like figuring out the school calendar and when people and the logistics and getting the dog to the vet and making sure that this happens and all of that stuff that is an essential part of being together, the doing of life. But what happens over time, if you don't have rituals that help you grow together or help you unpack the small that you bury, is that you find yourself sequestered from one another mm-hmm. emotionally. Mm-hmm. And kind of just going through the motions. Yeah, and I wouldn't even call it roommates. I think it's something deeper. I think in the beginning of your relationship, there's this like tunnel of intimacy where you're sharing everything. And, and literally like going to the grocery store together is the hottest date on the planet, right? right. right? Because the energy, the vitality, the electricity, the, all that stuff is flying. And then there's this next phase where getting to know somebody emotionally is intoxicating. What are they thinking and what's their background mm-hmm. and what are all the things they're not talking about and kind of getting in that level. But then you start building a life and doing life and you no longer hit the pause button to truly find out what is this person thinking about? What have they not said? And so I think therapy, number one, mm-hmm. or moments to grow together. Yeah. Because Chris and I used to take classes together. We used to go on these adventure trips together. And then life got very, very busy. And with two businesses and kids mm-hmm. and all this, you don't slow down long enough. And it's not even really about date night. Date night is a construct so that you slow down and you come out of your emotional corners and you connect at a deeper level. Yeah. And so um, that is what therapy has provided mm-hmm. for Chris and I. Mm-hmm. The second thing was the happiness. Yeah, work Working on your own, on your own happiness. Yeah. Because if you're not a happy person, the easiest person to attack is your intimate partner. It's the person you love the most. Correct. Yeah. Like think about when you're a kid. You have to hold your together at school. You have to like look good for your friends. You have to like stick it out at that job that you had as a teenager that you couldn't stand. But when you come home, you can, you snap at your mom. You might be rude to your dad. You ignore your brothers and sisters. You let it all hang out with Mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. And we do that with our intimate partners. And so if you're not taking care of your own happiness, you're going to vomit your baggage at the person who loves you most. So that's it. And then the third thing is, um, And I'm absolutely guilty of that. I think like, honestly, people have been asking me a lot about uh, just my marriage because I've been in, I've been married for 26 years. Like, how do you go the distance? How do you go the distance? Um, I feel that one of the things that I also got wrong is I didn't remind myself enough what a 
kind and caring person Chris is. Mm. And that I, you know, I, I am guilty of also like attacking Chris when I've been really unhappy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I will unpack a lot of this stuff because, you know, Chris and I have been in like intense therapy for yeah. the last, intense meaning it's been intensely awesome. Yeah. But it's profound how much my coping mechanism with stress was the exact opposite of Chris's. So when I feel stressed out or anxious, Lewis, I go into hyperdrive. I like go, 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 because I feel safer when I'm busy, okay? My husband goes into the corner and thinks. Right. And what ends up happening over time is your relationships are an opportunity to truly heal that doesn't work if you're willing Mm. to work together on it. And so what happened over time for us is the more I became successful, the more I did, the more I was solving problems and taking care of this and 15 steps ahead, the more it reinforced to Chris, well, she doesn't need me. And what if I were to make the dinner reservation, she's going to just probably have made a different one anyway. Mm -hmm. And meanwhile, I'm over here in my emotional corner going, why is nobody planning a birthday party for me? Why am I the one that's always like doing everything? When is somebody else going to come? And Chris is over here going, I'm not needed. Yeah. Like I've tried, but then you just, you say you don't want it or you change the plans or so it's like, after a while, I was like, why am I going to try to do anything? Correct. And here's Mm -hmm. where we make a major mistake. Mm -hmm. We have a breakdown that's at the surface level. So I'll give you an example. This is a really dumb example, but I think every couple might be able to relate to this. So, uh, you know how you get a lot of cardboard boxes? Yes. (laughs) From Amazon. Boxes boxes that arrive at your house or your apartment. Everybody now orders stuff online. So, I get boxes. I unpack the boxes. And then I have this little thing where I'm like, I might need to ship it back. Mm. So, I don't... You keep the box. Yep. By the door. (sighs) Yeah. I got to throw it away right away. <laughs> well, Chris does too. Yeah. And he also does not want the box to go into the garage. Mm-hmm. We need to slice it down and flatten it. Recycle it or get rid yes, of it. Yes. But you have to flatten it mm-hmm. for the garbage folks up in Southern Vermont to pick it up. Gotcha. So I would make a Jenga puzzle <laughs> right at the top, like right by the door of the garage. And when Chris would walk in, because he's asked me several times, can you please just freaking slice and flatten the boxes and take it out to the recycling. That's where it goes. And I have this intention that, okay, I'll do that tomorrow because mm-hmm. after I like look at this stuff, I might ship it back and I might need the box. Right. And then the truth is I hate flattening boxes. I don't want to flatten boxes. Sure. And so I don't do it. And every time Chris sees the Jenga puzzle of boxes, he silently feels like I think he's my maid. And At a surface level, and this is what everybody does, at a surface level, we argue about the boxes. At a deeper level that's not getting resolved is the fact that my partner has asked me to do something, but he's asked me to do something at sort of a physical surface level. He has Mm -hmm. not said to me, when I see that, Mel, 
it actually triggers something from my childhood. My parents were never home. Nobody came to my games. I was a latchkey kid. When I would walk in that door hoping somebody was home and I opened up the door and there was nobody there, I felt like my needs did not matter. Mm -hmm. And when I see the boxes stacked and I've asked you twice to do that and you still don't do it, it's re-triggering that. And over the course of his childhood, it didn't matter what he said. The behavior of the adults didn't change. And so we step into these relationships with people, with friends, and with you know your lover, and it becomes literally a magnifier of the things you have not resolved. And so Chris, of course, picked somebody like me who is like his father, super busy, mm. very successful, you know, has a very dominant kind of domineering, fun, lovely, mm -hmm. like likable, but driven. just like driven. And Chris feels like that invisible kid deep down in many ways. And me, I'm like the same way. Like I, I, I picked somebody to marry that's like my dad, mm -hmm. who was very quiet, who I wish would see more of me, who was, you know, amazing person. But, you know, my mom was the, the kind of the big personality in the house. And, you know, I sought attention from my dad, but he was the quiet one. Mm -hmm. And so we are now in this marriage where if you don't do the deeper work, those patterns that make you miserable become even more solidified and you become emotionally distant. And so I would tell me back to your original question 20 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I would tell myself. I would remind myself that Chris is a really kind person mm -hmm. who just wants to be loved. Mm -hmm. Like, take care of him. Listen to him. Slow down a little bit. Yeah. That's what I would say. That's cool. Yeah. Was that number three? I don't know. I think so. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was literally like, find these moments mm -hmm. to step on the brake. Yeah. And to grow or connect together at an emotional mm -hmm. level. And that can be done through a class. Yeah. It can be done through a hike. Mm -hmm. um, I'll give you another thing that we do that I absolutely love. Second thing is really happiness and working on your own happiness is super important. Really, really, really important. We spend too much time trying to fix other people. And when you focus on doing the work to make yourself happy, that's the answer in my opinion, because you then bring a happy person into a relationship. Mm -hmm. And then the third thing is to really remind yourself that at our core, everybody is a kind person that wants to be loved. Mm -hmm. I believe. Yeah. Do you think um, love alone is enough to keep a relationship or a marriage going? Um, if you... Love alone is enough, yes. If you operate as if love is a verb. So love is not a feeling, it's an action. Mm -hmm. And it needs to be demonstrated. It needs to be communicated. And it's more than your felt experience. And it's interesting because both of our daughters who are in their, their 20s are now in, you know, kind of committed relationships, which is a whole different episode that you should do <laughs> because trying to understand, okay, wait, you're intimate, but you're not exclusive. Okay, got it. Mm. Now you're exclusive. Okay, got it. Oh, you met the parents and you hang out all the time, but you're not dating. 
Like, what does that mean? And right. so kind of getting the vernacular down has the been stages. really interesting. Yeah. Um, but what's really interesting about it for me is I've recently met both of their partners. And they're like, did you like him? And I said, it's actually not about him at all. Mm. I like who you are. How do you feel with them? Correct. Like as your parent, as your mm -hmm. mom, I see this person amplify the best parts of you. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting is I think you don't know what it feels like to be loved in the way that you need to be loved until it happens. Mm -hmm. There's a huge mismatch that happens for all of us. And I think a lot of us experience that mismatch with parents. Your parents may be amazing people, but there's just this disconnect because maybe your dad loves football, but you like theater, or your mom loves classical music, but you like alt rock. And you feel like, you know, or maybe your parents are sort of not that loving, not that like affectionate, not that complimentary. They're more of a kind of tough love generation. And so as a kid, you feel this mismatch, right? Where you don't feel safe. You don't feel like you're getting the emotional support that you need. Mm -hmm. There's this sense of being separate and this sense of yearning for attention and like the kind of emotional language and support that you need, but you're not getting it. And that's certainly the case if you've had a childhood where a parent was absent or abandoned you or there's abuse or mental illness or there's chaos or whatever. That is definitely a mismatch. But in most cases, there's a mismatch period. I mean, if you've watched Lewis's show or listened to, you know, the School of Greatness, you've heard all about the five love languages. Mm -hmm. We all give and receive love in different ways. And so you could have a parent that loves you with everything that they have, but they only have this cup worth of love to give. Right. And you need the size of this table. That's a mismatch. <laughs> right. That's a mismatch. You might be somebody who needed your parents to praise you and they weren't that type of person. That's a mismatch. Mm -hmm. And so that creates this experience of separation. It also creates this deep longing to be seen. And so you start chasing love and you start chasing people, right? Yes. And so I feel that a lot of us, because of our experience as a kid, of not actually getting a complete, secure, fully seen, fully Because who on earth could do that? There are moments, dude, I'm a complete mismatch for my three kids. Mm, right. Complete mismatch. Because they need love in different ways. Of course, at different times. Yes. And maybe I was, or I said it the wrong way mm. or whatever, or I gave them advice instead of listening. Right. <laughs> or I corrected them instead of affirming what uh -huh. they were doing. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. And so that's a mismatch. It creates this feeling of being separate from a person that you want to feel deeply connected to. And so in all of our love relationships, so many of us stay in relationships that are complete mismatches. And I think most relationships are, mm -hmm. unless you're willing to do the deeper work. Why do you think people stay in relationships that are not a good match? Because it feels familiar. Yeah. Two reasons. You're either subconsciously Repeating a pattern from childhood, right? So it's not surprising that Chris would be attracted to a woman that's very driven mm -hmm. because his experience of love came from his parents. Mm -hmm. And you were and attracted his, to him 
Yes. Based on your experience your of love. Yeah. My dad was a quiet guy, mm -hmm. is a quiet guy, and is, you know, very adoring of my mom, and but very quiet. And so that's who I was drawn toward. You are drawn toward the per the parent. I this is my personal theory. You're drawn most toward the parent that whose attention and affection you were chasing mm -hmm. and approval you're chasing. Mm. And so I think a lot of, because a lot of people are like, why would you stay in an abusive relationship? Well, because your first experience of love had abuse in it. Right. And so all the chemicals and neurons, and I'm sure there's science around this. I'm sure tons of it. I'm sure Dr. Dispenza probably talks mm -hmm. about this. Yeah. It just is a match for what you experienced. It's sort for of what like- what you're familiar with. Yeah. Why do you speak English, Lewis? That's what I learned growing up. Correct. Yeah. Same thing. It's, Same thing. It's, it's easy. Yeah. It's comfortable. Well, not only that, your brain recognizes it. Mm -hmm. So your brain, like your body, the sensation of whatever love is supposed to be is a match from experiences in childhood. Yes. And so we're not even really choosing it. I think the, most of us are just unconscious to these patterns. Yeah. I've got a, a seven-part uh, seven theory to, oh, tell me. to healthy conscious love. Okay, tell me. And now this is only, you know, this is after... 15, 20 years of relationships that didn't work <laughs> because of me being yeah. the common denominator of who I chose in certain, yeah. Yeah. certain situations and realizing like, okay, if I want to really experience something beautiful and healthy and conscious and thriving, then I must do things differently myself. I must become mm -hmm. a new person mm -hmm. and attract a, a better match yeah. that works for me. Yeah. So seven, seven keys to conscious love. And I'm, and I'm just over a year of a healthy relationship. Right, so I get it. Everyone listening or watching, I you know I don't have kids, I don't have I'm not married yet. All these different things that could cause more uh, friction in the future potentially. But I think starting the relationship in this way has been really powerful. Tell me, D dude, you're like I'm like, come on, so, give me the so seven here, here steps. Se here are my seven keys. Give me, let me know if you okay. think I uh, if give me uh, if there's any holes here. One of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And in fact, I'm recording this right now while I'm in Mexico. And actually, I was thinking about something that I wanted to share because I get a lot of questions from so many people about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there that are on the go a lot like I am or traveling a lot. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place to start and it's like giving your home some company while you're away. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So listen, we all know life is full of yada yada, like those quote unquote free trials that somehow still charge your card for something or when companies have those sneaky gotchas hiding deep in the fine print. And I know you've dealt with yada yada before, like those bills that keep going up and up for no reason at all. Or when budget airlines promise a cheap fare, but then charge you for every little thing until you realize you're paying more than you would have somewhere else. And yes, it is possible to outsmart yada yada, like triple checking airline deals to make sure all you need is all already included, but you don't take yada yada in life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. 
When you get a new car or a new home, your first reaction might be to say things like, oh yeah, or I can't believe it, or booyah. But what you really want to say is the one thing that can get you the help you need. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm is there with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. With a State Farm agent, you know someone is there to help you choose the coverage you need. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits for you. And when you need ways to get help, State Farm gives you options there too. In person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com where their award-winning app State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. The first step is, like you said, healing yourself first, working on the healing journey yourself and be willing to go so deep to, to get to a place where no memory makes you triggered anymore. Every wound from the past, from the first memory until now, and re-watching the stories and looking at the stories that we tell ourselves and then learning to tell different stories, healing, forgiving, acceptance, all that stuff, mm -hmm. to have wholeness yeah. right now. Yeah. Becoming whole before you enter a relationship. That's step one. That may take time. Step two is uh, I really believe the love language match is a thing. Because everyone that I had, had, had chosen to date before we didn't match up on love languages. So there's a mismatch thing. Because I saw you we going had, like this. Yeah. Was, we had we had a you know chemical match. There was like some type of chemicals. There was right. like this connection or or whatever feeling. Yeah. But it wasn't a good life match, mm. right? And so it tricked me because it was like there was this attraction, but it wasn't healthy long mm -hmm. after a few months, right? Mm -hmm. So making sure that our love languages line up with me and Martha. All five are in the same order. Wow. So I don't have to do something that I normally don't do to make to let someone feel loved by me. See, now this is interesting. And it's, so it makes it more effortless. It doesn't mean it's not intentional and I still have to show up in a big way, but I the do things naturally that makes her feel loved. That's beautiful. So See, it's just a little bit easier. We were a mismatch, Chris and I, because he is acts of service uh -huh. and here I am stacking the boxes. Uh -huh. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Yeah, and I'm like words of affirmation. And he's quiet. Yes. And you're like, ah. Yes. I hear and, you. And we're arguing about this stuff mm. when really, if you're going to close the gap on a mismatch. Yeah. And I love the wholeness. Let me add something to this. Uh -huh. If you're willing, both of you, your relationship can be the container for healing. Mm, absolutely. And that is the most beautiful aspect absolutely. of a relationship. Yeah. If you haven't gotten whole yet, but you're already in a relationship, then find wholeness throughout it. Yeah. But if you're single, I yep. think do some healing work before you enter the next yes. relationship. Yes. Yes. Uh, so that's that's step, step one. Uh, step one and two. Step three, four, and, and five is values, vision, and lifestyle. When we first started dating after a couple of months, you know, I was... Both of us were so honest about what are our values, what is our vision, what is our lifestyle. How did you figure out your values? Because um, that's an we, actually we hard went, question. We went to we. I took her to Sedona for a weekend, okay. and I took her to a vortex. Have you been to Sedona? You mean like to like the like Miraval or something? There's like a like different like the, rock shapes, ley lines, right? The ley lines vortex. Where is that? The, in the Sedona Valley. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're in the valley that I live in too, dude. Are they? Yeah, uh -huh. exactly. So we went there to like one of these vortex, like rock formations. Uh -huh. We climbed up top. Okay. I played music and I said, we're going to do an exercise together. 
Wow. And we both had a different notebook. And I said, I want you to take five minutes. Okay. I played some, you know, heart opening music. And I said, um, I want you to make a list of the things that are most important to you, the values in your life, the things that are really important to you. And, you know, this is going to be a determining factor of whether we really move forward in a lot really? of Really? After a couple months of us Dude, you're dating, intense. I'm, you know, when you go through enough pain and suffering yes. of choosing poorly, you know, yeah. not that these people were bad people. Yeah. I chose what didn't work for me. Yep. And so it caused suffering inside of me. Yeah. Because I kept trying to force things to work that weren't the right fit. I love it. So I was just like, I don't want to freaking repeat this pattern, you right. know, the same pattern. So I got to do different things. I got to become different and do different things. Yes. I love this. So we did an exercise. She wrote her list. Then I did five minutes of my own separate. I didn't see what she wrote. And I said, okay, let's share. And thankfully, you know, there was alignment on pretty much everything. You know, 80% of the things we wrote down were like the exact same words. And then yeah. the extra 20%, I was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. And cool. Do what you want to do there. That's fine. I have nothing against these things. So we got clear on our values and our vision. What is our vision for a relationship in the future? Hmm. What do we both want to create as a relationship together? Personal values. And then shared vision in the relationship. We did that. And then lifestyle was the the next thing. This is, I think, huge because... How do you define lifestyle? Lifestyle for me is like, you know, I travel. I like to travel. I speak at events. I interview people. Um, I like to... I'm an extrovert. I like to be around people. I like to... If we go out and someone says hi, I like to ask people questions and and engage with people. Um, I'm going to be... Very driven. I'm not going to be home at five every night. It's not my lifestyle. I'm an entrepreneur. This is, you know, I I work out. My health is important to me. So I'm going to be doing activities. I'm going to be doing adventures. This is my lifestyle. Hmm. And if someone, I believe, if someone has a different lifestyle, they just want to be home all day. They're, you know, an introvert. And you're the opposite. There's going to be some type of disconnect match. So it doesn't have to be like same energy, but in alignment, right? Close to similar energies. So that we can do shared things together and are, and are accepted in that place. So we had we got clear in our life. And, and I know she's an actress, right? So I had to be clear. She's going to be doing intimate scenes with potentially men in the future. Like she's done in the past on screen, right? Mm-hmm. Am I okay with her kissing someone on screen? So I had to be like, okay, is that work for me? Yeah. Whether she does it or not, like, I don't know, but it may happen. And I need to know that this is a part of her lifestyle. Right, As right. her profession. right. And um, am I good with that? Does that work for me? Does her lifestyle work for me? Because if I'm changing someone, if I'm not happy with someone's lifestyle and I'm trying to change them, then that doesn't work either. Someone's going to resent that if you're trying to change their lifestyle. So that was that part. And then the, the next thing, the sixth thing, once we got clear on those five things, being in total acceptance of who that person is before choosing to be with them. So total acceptance. Okay, this is your values. This is your vision. This is your lifestyle. This is your love, love language. You've already done your healing journey. Now, the person in front of me, as you are, not the potential for who you right. are, but right. as you are right now, and if this continues, do I accept this person for all their quirks and idiosyncrasies and faults and amazing things that they do? Do I accept them? And so I got clear with her. I was like, I accept you fully after knowing you know, all this information. This was many months. Oh, also another thing is removing sexual intimacy in the dating experience. Just be married for 20 years. <laughs> exactly. But rem- I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. That was but removing joke. that in order to get to know someone mm-hmm. without the chemical confusion. 
because the chemicals. So wait, did you, were you guys like not having no sex, sex for a while? No sex for the first three months. Wait, what? Uh-huh. Wow. And I spent, I spent over 40 days with her. Like wow. intimate, long days. When I tell this to guys, they freak out. They're like, no way, not possible. Well, I always say that to my daughters. Mm-hmm. Wait as long as you can. Yeah, I'm like, because I'm the like... chemicals will mess with you and think you love this person. Mm-hmm. And you might have a chemical connection, but doesn't mean this is going to be a good life partner. Correct. And so... I'm no, like, if you actually like the person, don't sleep with them. Don't sleep with them. And so accepting who the person is in front of you, saying, knowing that they're ne- they may never change, do I accept them? Not hoping that something changes, but I fully accept. So when I, when I got with her, I said, listen, my intention is to never be angry at you. There's nothing you could do that would make me upset. Because I've gotten to know you, why would I be upset at you if I'm building an intimate relationship with you and I accept you? So, when, and I asked her this last weekend. We were, at a, we were at a wedding two days ago and I said, have I ever been upset with you in over a year? She said, no. And I said, that doesn't mean we don't have challenging conversations. Right, we right. have uncomfortable, like, oh, that doesn't feel good. And there's mm-hmm. some, okay, I got to work on this. I got to, right. we breathe through the conversation. Like, right. Maybe, there, is there going to be a reaction? Do I have some PTSD still? Like, I don't know. There may be some discomfort. Yeah. But it doesn't mean I'm going to get angry. So, Lewis. Yes. I think this is. And I have one more thing, but yeah. Well, you say your one more thing. And the last thing is, was a mandatory thing for me. This was a non-negotiable. Okay. And I said, listen, every relationship before this, I've wanted to start the relationship in therapy and no one wanted to do that with me. And then a year, two years later, we got into therapy because there was too many breakdowns. Right. And then it ended. Yeah. I don't want to repeat this. I'm yeah. not going to repeat this again. So this only works if you're willing to do therapy with me from the get-go. And she was like, I'm down. And it's been the best thing starting because anytime there might be oh, a little frustration or a little confusion or miscommunication. Yep. We talk about it in therapy. Oh, okay. That's not what you meant. That's not what I meant. Let's create a new agreement so we both are in alignment moving forward. Yeah. So it's just trying to minimize frustration. Well, and, and also having the objective person, like you're so unconscious to your patterns. Oh, yeah. I'm thinking cardboard boxes, he's childhood trauma. There are other ones. He's not talking to mm-hmm. me, I'm childhood trauma. Like it's yes. like all of that gets magnified by cardboard boxes mm-hmm. or the you're yes. fighting about on the surface. And so knowing that you have a place to talk about something minimizes the number of times 100%. that you like even get upset with each other. Yes. But I want to go back to something that you said that I think is the $100 million question. Give it to me. Not question. $100 million answer. <laughs> it was my number three. And I said it in the opposite way mm. that you said number six. Mm-hmm. I said, if I could go back and give myself advice 28 years ago when I met my husband, Chris, what would it be? And the third thing I said is, always remind yourself that he is a kind and loving person who just wants to be loved. Mm -hmm. That's all we all are, okay? You said, I'm never going to be angry with you. I'm not going to take my anger out on you. Mm -hmm. Now, listen, I'm not perfect. Maybe one day I get frustrated and I react. I'm not saying, but but that's my intention. But you probably quickly clean it up. And I take responsibility. Yes. 100% responsibility. So well, I'm not saying I'm trying to be perfect here. But so yes. what I have learned in the past two years that has been profound for me to be whole and to be able to truly stand in full power, right? And what has been profound in my marriage is that at the heart 
of all mental health issues for me, at the heart of all your interpersonal issues with anybody else is your own inability to handle uncomfortable feelings. That's it. That's it. And I have the just disgusting and awful toxic behavior of expelling my uncomfortable emotions yeah. at people. Mm-hmm. And my inability to tolerate stress or disappointment or frustration or expectations not being met or hurt feelings that creates this sort of disruption in my body and all of this stuff, it over, over the years, like I would expel it at people. I'd, I'd have a terrible tone of voice. I would blame it on my anxiety. And I didn't know any better because I didn't understand that healing actually doesn't start up here. It actually starts in your body mm-hmm. and your ability to not only tolerate emotions, but to regulate the way that you feel when you experience emotion. And my husband has the opposite way. He withdraws. When he feels painful things in his body, he withdraws. And so the thing that has changed everything for me, Lewis, is truly realizing that, you know, I, the second I started to dig out all the uncomfortable feelings and that it happened or anything else, and I learned how to sit with it. Mm -hmm. I learned how to give myself the assurance and the love that maybe I didn't get as a kid, that I didn't experience in other relationships, that I wasn't experiencing that moment. Learning how to do that for myself, learning how to regulate my nervous system, how to tolerate the awful stuff that happens to all of us in life, that has been the biggest game changer in my relationship because I don't get angry at Chris. I think that's massive and it's, you know, like you said in the beginning, it's you focusing on your happiness and the other person focusing on their happiness. You don't have to dump on each other when you're unhappy constantly. It doesn't mean you're not going to be unhappy in moments and you're not going to want to talk about it with your partner. One of the things that Martha does really well, and I think, you know, we both had 20 years of relationships that didn't end up working because they we weren't together with those people anymore, right? Right. So we had lots of lessons from 20 to 30 and then 30 to 40. Yep. For most people, you got married when you were what? 26. Exactly. So if I'd have got married 10 years ago, I would not be married still. I don't think I would have been able to stay married because I would have been emotionally too much of a wreck. And mm-hmm. I would have reacted too much and been angry and upset and been like, oh, this doesn't work. Like, I just don't think I would have had the courage to stay married personally. If I got married in my 20s, divorced in two years probably. Oh, I would have been if I was with another right. emotional yes. expeller. Yes, yes. Like that's that, like we're like, I, I credit Chris mm. and his tolerance of me, honestly. <laughs> right, his peace. Or the fact that he's yeah. like, I, this yeah. is not gonna like <laughs> disrupt my inner Exactly. Peace. And one of the things that Martha has done so well, I think because she's learned and done a lot of work on her own as well, she doesn't bring her stuff to me right away. She goes to her, her sisters first, her, mo- her mom first, her, her, her amazing group of girlfriends first. Whether it might be something she was confused about me or questioning about, you know, maybe something I said or whatever, she doesn't react right away to me. She'll kind of let herself like talk to other people in the community, Mm. friends, girlfriends, but not in a way where it's, you know, putting me down or being like, he did this, talking bad, but more just, hey, this is happening. This is what I'm feeling. Let's talk about it. She talks about it with them. She'll talk about it with her mom, her friends, her sister, and then she'll talk to her therapist about it. 
and unpack is it something that she needs to work on herself that's triggering her that's mm. not even related to me. Wow. And then she'll bring it to me if she needs to. She's so good that I really appreciate that because she's just genuinely a happy person, but it's because she's doing the constant work to process emotions first before reacting and responding based on a trigger. Yeah. And I think that is really key if people, if men and women can learn that strategy. What you're talking about is emotional regulation. Yeah. Which is not dumping a reaction on someone when you feel, ah, that didn't feel good. Ah, you know, screaming at someone or just reacting. Well, Lewis, I can really see it now because mm-hmm. I think we're, most of us are sort of blind to it because you've been processing emotion yes. like this forever. And how did you learn to do that? Who did you, you learn it. to speak you English from? You saw it from Saw it from your parents. And so it becomes a pattern just like speaking English or Spanish or Russian or French became a pattern in your brain. And so in situations where your body senses the same emotion, you mimic the reaction that adults had. Even though you hated the silent treatment that your mother gave you when she was pissed off about something, you now do it to people. Mm-hmm. And you don't even realize it. And then you resent yourself because you're doing the thing that your parents do. Correct. And it all begins because your body remembers emotional triggers Uh uh and situations. We're all kind of blind to it. For me, one of the interesting gifts of parenting, especially once my kids became teenagers, is my daughters dump on me. Why? Because they saw me doing it. Mm -hmm. They saw me get frustrated. They saw me like change my tone of voice. So when either one of them gets stressed about something or they get overwhelmed by something. Oh, no, no. They just like, "Ah, like, it's like a vomit on the text chain. And I'm like, this is me. Yeah, interesting. Or if we're in a situation and we're out and about, they're great with their friends and they'll turn and snap at me. And it's Mm. because, and, and so then I see it. I'm like, I taught them how to do this. And so I'm grateful that I'm now hopefully going to be the generation breaker Mm -hmm. and they're aware of it because they immediately apologize. So it's faster turnaround. But I can see in my own kids, and this is not something I'm proud of, like what I passed down. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but you also passed down a lot of, you know, greatness of in them, you know. Well, that, yeah, but, the, you know, who wants to hear about that? Like, let's, like, <laughs> I, it's way, I, I think it's important for everybody to understand we all have this. You have a way that you deal with pain. Because when you feel disappointed, that is a form of pain. Mm-hmm. And a lot of us either withdraw from it or we try to expel it in some way. Yes. Or you try to outrun it. Yeah. Another thing I was thinking about as you're saying this is kind of like figuring out what your main currency is in a relationship why you want to have a relationship and your main currency in life for me at this season of my life my main currency is peace Mm. wanting to create and experience peace within me Mm -hmm. and within my relationship Um, because the world is going to have challenges and disasters and adversities and my business there's going to be things already thrown at me in my life but in my relationship, I want peace. Mm. So that was, an, and she wants, you know, adventure and exploration and fun and all these things, but she wants peace as well. And so I'm like, okay, cool. I'm cool with all that as long as it's peaceful too, you know? <laughs> well, one of the things that I'm working on right now, and I don't have the answer to this, uh-huh. is I, you know, obviously I know I married an introvert, right? And Chris is the definition of peace. 
That's I mean, nice. I mean, the guy is a that's amazing Buddhist meditation instructor. It's incredible. He is getting a master's in transpersonal psychology right mm -hmm. now. He leads men's retreats. He's a amazing. yoga instructor. It's amazing. He works for hospice. He's about to get a certificate to be a death doula. Like when you talk wow. about somebody that is deeply spiritual, grounded, introverted person who really connects with people one on one, that's my husband. And so the thing that I'm really trying to figure out in this next chapter of our marriage, because I feel like in many ways we are in the beginning of a second marriage because we have done so much work on ourselves and our kids are now grown up. Mm -hmm. And there's this opportunity after 28 years to really look at each other with fresh eyes, That's right? Beautiful. It's so beautiful. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, Eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. And so I, instead of, there's two things that I want to share that have really helped me. One is instead of focusing on the things that I don't like about Chris, right? And there are plenty of things he does not like about me. That if he could wave a magic wand, <laughs> sure, I would change this about my wife, Mel. Um, one of the things that I've done is to say, well, what is, like, describe two moments where you just felt that, like, oh, my God, this is my person. And so there are two moments, and this is a great exercise to do. Like, just think, what are those two moments that really encapsulate like just that flood of peace and love and safety and connection. And one of them for me with Chris is this. Um, we had just met and we were meeting to go out to dinner after work in New York mm -hmm. City. And I was standing in front of that Flatiron building on you know 23rd. I love it. And I looked up Fifth Ave and I could see Chris coming. And he was wearing a suit and he had a messenger bag slung over his shoulders. He had Ray-Bans on and he was rollerblading and That's weaving cool. in and out of traffic because he grew up as a ski racer and he's like a big adventurer. And he had this huge smile on his face and it was like strength at play, right? That's that cool. was what I felt. And then the second thing that came to mind is that when we first uh, got together, we almost, uh, like a couple months after knowing each other, we went out to Utah to meet his best friend who was already married. And Jeff and Darce live in Idaho. And like, they're basically pioneers. You know, they hunt, they fish, they like live in a log cabin, built their own house. Like they're freaking amazing. 
And so we went fishing and there was a freak snowstorm that night. And so literally it started snowing as we're cooking dinner, like in June, dude. And so I'm thinking, what have I gotten myself into? Mm -hmm. So I go back to the tent and I'm rummaging around for a sweatshirt of some kind. And I notice my sleeping bag is warm. And I flip the bag open and Chris has filled up one of those Nalgene bottles mm. with hot water he had Ooh. boiled on a campfire and stuck it in there like a hot pocket. That's pretty nice. Right? Very thoughtful. Yes. And so those are two memories. And so I came up with this. He's doing an act of service for you. No. Because that's what I'm he like, wants. So correct. he's doing the thing he no wants. No kidding. And meanwhile, I'm ignoring him and telling <laughs> him he's so amazing. Yeah. And he just can't even hear it because he yeah. wants acts of service. Uh-huh. And so, because his parents were at home, yeah. right? Growing up. So he, um, so I developed an avatar for the behavior in Chris that I love. I call it my trip leader. Because when we're out hiking, when we're on an adventure, Chris is in charge. He has strength at play. Mm. He is a caretaker. He's 55 steps ahead of me. I'm the yard sale in the back. Like that is when he shines. And so it has been super helpful for me to remind myself that he's a trip leader because it makes me take a step back Mm -hmm. and it allows him to take a step forward into his power. So that's one thing that I've been working on. And the second thing that I'm working on is this sense, uh, you called it peace. And we've talked about this sort of mismatch and the mismatch being that you might speak different love languages. You might have different values or a different lifestyle. Extrovert, introvert. Extrovert, introvert, all that kind of stuff. Um, That if you are going to work to close that gap somehow without changing one another, realize that your marriage doesn't have to be everything and it shouldn't be. And so for a while, I started to get nervous because Chris is very introverted. I mean, we live in Southern Vermont on the side of a mountain now. Mm -hmm. And I started to realize... I'm actually sad here all the time. Like a part of me needs this spaciousness, but mm-hmm. I have to be around people. Me too. I have I to have the buzz. I need to go walk buzz. somewhere. Yeah, and grab yes, coffee I need and to go see people. Yeah. do something. Not every day. Yeah. And so I started to realize, well, wait a minute. I don't have to turn Chris into like the party guy. I can have my friends be that. I can have work be that. Like I can fill that in different areas instead of being frustrated that this one person isn't filling everything. And so really recognizing, I think, what somebody's capacity is, allowing them to step forward in certain roles, but allowing them to be themselves and step back in others and not punishing them for it. 100%. That is something that I've been Chris is better at it than I am. Like he's way more forgiving. He's way (laughs) kinder. He's more patient. Sure. And he's probably creating boundaries just like you are. Oh, yeah. Which is key. Yeah. You know what we've spent the last three therapy sessions talking about? Boundaries? Nope. What? A new puppy. Getting a new puppy? One (laughs) of you wants one, one of you doesn't? The whole family wants a puppy. But you don't? Chris doesn't. He doesn't. Yes. Because he you know knows why? he's going to have to do all the work. Yes. He's like, I don't want this. I'm yes. already doing all the work. Yeah, for the dog that 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 we got two and a half years ago. Exactly. He's uh-huh. already like, two hours of my day is going towards the dog activities. Uh-huh. Where you guys uh-huh. are off working and uh-huh. doing this and uh-huh. running your lives. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot of big responsibility. Well, because 
the puppy is an example of bigger themes. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't want to abandon himself to please others. Yes. And that's probably what he's done for 26 years. Not it's, with everything. I'm sure it's not like all like that. But this is what I had to learn in the last two years of therapy too. Is just like, okay, I was always trying to make someone else happy because they were never happy with who I was. They, mm. they never accepted me. So they always wanted to change me. And so I would change who I am to try to please them. Right. And then after months and months and years, you're like, I'm just abandoning who my real nature is for one human being and dimming my light. And I'm not trying to blame anyone here. This is all my responsibility by choosing and staying in relationships. So it's not their fault. It's my responsibility to yeah. exit or to know this when it happens and have a conscious conversation calmly yeah. and take responsibility and say, no, I'm not going to do this. Are you okay with who I am? But I think creating those boundaries and not abandoning yourself is such a key element to healthy relationships. Yeah. So it's it takes a lot of courage after 26 years for him to start speaking up probably about what, about he, what he needs. As opposed to just saying, okay, it'll make all my family happy. I'm going to do this. Well, he, he was trained don't. as a kid that his needs don't matter. Absolutely. And so... It's really good for him. And so it's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. And oh. it's, a, it's a huge gift to have this side of my husband showing mm -hmm. up after all of these years. And it's a huge gift to me mm -hmm. to actually have a partner that's helping me heal mm -hmm. and be softer. That's beautiful. And have somebody take care of me. Mm -hmm. And it's just incredible. And so, you know, the thing is, is that the wrong relationship magnifies your insecurity and your emotional dysregulation. And the right relationship with a lot of work helps you heal. Absolutely. Yeah. That's beautiful. I agree. And I think, um, I'm curious about, you know, you're going through this process with Chris. And I think that's going to, you know, for me, I want this to be a part of our relationship for as long as we're together, hopefully mm -hmm. a long time, uh, where we're constantly going to therapy. Yes. It doesn't need to be every week or every month, but it's like we have it in the schedule. We know where to go just for like, okay, how do we get to the next level? And we go and it's, it's, we're always like, man, we don't have anything to talk about. There's no problem right now, right? So how can we continue to create agreements to thrive? Right. How can we continue to feel celebrated in the relationship, accepted, and just take it to the next level? So that's been a, a huge thing. And as our relationship evolves from, you know, dating to moving in together and then into marriage eventually and then kids, it's going to be like new agreements and new conversations that are unspoken that we need to talk about. So mm -hmm. um, I'm curious because you've got two daughters, is that right? Mm -hmm. And a son. Two daughters. But the two daughters have relationships, right? Yeah. As a mother of two daughters who are dating two men... How do you know when they've made a good choice versus seeing, you know, two, three, four red flags that maybe the, your daughters wouldn't see and being able to give, you know, wisdom to them without pushing them away mm -hmm. from making their own decisions? Like, how do you know they're making a good decision? Well, you know when they're not. <laughs> when they're unhappy, when they're complaining, when they're stressed. No, you know when they're not. Right. You know when you're not, they're not because they become an insecure, people-pleasing freak. Mm. And they start to attach their entire self-worth to what this dude that they're chasing thinks about mm -hmm. them. And so when you see your kid, boy, girl, you know, even like anywhere on the gender spectrum, when you see your kid become deeply insecure and consumed by somebody else's attention, that 
is the wrong choice, mm-hmm. period. And I think that the, like on one hand, I think it's amazing that there is so much kind of body positivity and and sexual freedom and women are super empowered and so are and all. But personally, I am horrified by how fast kids have sex. Right. I am horrified by how casual it is. I think it is terrible for the mental health of girls and boys. Um, I think the 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 focus on um, there is the self expression in terms of your sexuality and your body, but the pressure on girls in particular and young women to put it all out there to be sexual beings. It's just, well, it's, up for it's really, hurt. really hard. It's setting you up for getting hurt too and hurting yourself and feeling confused. Well, here's the thing. Women cannot have sex without getting emotionally attached. 100% agree. And men no, they can't, do it can't get emotionally attached until they have sex. Mm-hmm. Like we are literally wired in the opposite way. And so... For for women, like, I'm sorry, you cannot have sex and not have some sort of emotional connection. There's no casual for women. There isn't. And so the culture has shifted in a direction that does not serve women's mental health. And this is not about whether or not you should or shouldn't have sex or in that. Like, I, it's really about understanding the impact that sex has on your mental health when you're not in a safe or committed relationship. And that's it. Mm-hmm. And the truth is that there are things that are going on in your chemistry, in your neurology, in your DNA that are tied to survival and to generations past that are way bigger than just the intercourse and the orgasm that you're having with this one person. And so one of the things that I find to be extremely difficult as a parent is counseling daughters through this process of online dating, of casual sex, of the hookup culture, of girls convincing themselves that they're okay with this. And it's empowering themselves, yeah. Yeah, I don't buy it. Mm. I don't buy it at all. There's just so much, I mean. And here's why. I would say to my girls, and I'm sorry that this is crude, I'm sorry, like what do you mean you're concerned about texting him? His penis was inside you. Mm. Why, how could you not <laughs> text him back? Yeah. I'll tell you why. Because I had casual sex. Mm. Now I'm emotionally invested. And now I'm insecure. Yes. And so it's like the reverse of where the boundaries you need to have with yourself. And here's the ironic thing that, that I think young women don't understand. If you like somebody and you don't hook up with them, they're going to want you more. Mm-hmm. 100%. They're going to want you more. If they're interested in you now, they will be interested in you next week. And if you literally are having sex with people when they're right in front of you, Without they're only to going yeah. to want you for sex. Absolutely. That, well, that's it. The longer you make someone wait, the more time you have to, to get to really know their heart also. You get to know them, their values, their vision. Like, do we want to be in a relationship? Do you really want to enter well, your life with someone? Well, that's the profound way. Right. Like, I'm actually just talking about, like, so you're asking, how do I advise? Mm-hmm. Like, even my daughter's friends or, yes. or like, anybody that, that is writing into the podcast. So, first of all, everybody is super motivated intrinsically by what they want. 
So let's just take the situation that you see somebody that's attractive, right? And you really want to get to know them better. The way to connect with somebody that you're attracted with is not to have have sex sex with them. Don't have sex. Do not. It's not. And here's something else that especially for men, that if you deny them what they want. They want you more. The chase mechanism (laughs) kicks in in your brain. Mm -hmm. You want them more. If you have going on because you're a cool person, they're going to want you more. People want to have sex with somebody that's available because they want to have an orgasm. Mm -hmm. People are interested in pursuing something with somebody who they have to chase. Mm -hmm. I'm not talking about playing games. Right. I'm just talking about the basic power dynamic here. Mm -hmm. It makes perfect sense that if you have sex with somebody the first night you meet them, all they're ever going to look at you for is sex. That's it. That's it. And that's it. Mm -hmm. And so... That's that's it, everybody. Yeah. That's why I think wait as long as you can. Wait as long as you can. Yeah, it doesn't have to be wait till marriage type of thing. I'm not saying that, but wait until you if you want to. Unless you know, I don't I, think you should wait for marriage. I think you should wait until you know you want to be in a committed relationship with this person personally. Well, at least exclusive. Exactly. Yeah. Unless you say, hey, listen, I don't care if I ever see this person again. Okay, then have sex. That, with them. Then 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 that's you're the having way. an orgasm. Exactly. All right. That's and, and that's no, fine. But yeah. I'm just saying, I don't think women can do that. It's very hard, I think. Not based on our wiring. Yeah, it's very challenging. So wait, if you can. Yeah, well, if you actually want it to be more than an orgasm, mm-hmm. yes. And if you don't, then realize you might have a letdown. Yeah. You might have a letdown. You might have some emotionally unwinding to do because mm-hmm. there might be an expectation that this guy is not willing to fulfill after you have sex. But see, I don't think there's a big enough conversation about the connection between sex and mental health. Mm-hmm. And that... You know, if you're in the dating culture and all the pressure to have sex and then the shame and the guilt and the insecurity and the anxiety that comes when you make decisions that you then regret or it doesn't play out the way that you had hoped it did, even though you knew deep in your heart it was probably a dumb decision. And so you asked me originally, like, what do I do when, you know, how have I counseled my daughters who are now in exclusive uh, committed relationships? Um, You know when... They are chasing the wrong thing. You just do. Your daughters. Yes, because yeah. they're not themselves. They're acting out of whack and they're stressed and they're, they're insecure. Yeah, they're, they're like questioning whether they should reach out to somebody. They're questioning whether the person likes them. They're questioning what they should do. They're qu- like everything becomes about that person's validation of you. As opposed to living their life. Yes. Mm-hmm. And having somebody come into your life that's additive. Mm-hmm. Is somebody bringing positive additive energy or is somebody a gigantic distraction that amplifies your insecurity if you don't know how the other person feels about you i can tell you right now they're not interested in you for the long haul if they're really interested they'd You'd be know. telling you they'd be you showing know. you they'd be telling if you if you're confused be... about how they feel they're not interested in you. Mm-hmm. And, and that's all you need on, to know. Focus on your life. You were an orgasm. Yeah. I. It's really crude to say. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we spend so much time up here. And here. so here's another tool. I've been, I've been experimenting a lot, Lewis, with two different approaches to mental health, to mindset, to healing, to peace, to happiness. 
So one approach is any tool that you use that is neck up, meaning what are you thinking about? Okay. So I think what the problem is for most of us is we spend all of our energy up here from the neck up trying to figure out through our thoughts. When the truth is, if you go from the neck down and you go into your body, you know if you feel secure or not around somebody. That's, that's the only answer you need. And nine times out of 10, when I've seen my daughters or their friends or people that I love in the wrong relationship, it's because they're chasing somebody because they want validation. They're chasing somebody because they believe that if that person likes me or that person is hooking up with me, then that means everybody else will think something about me. And when they're in the right relationship, they are themselves. Mm-hmm. They're more of themselves. They're secure. They're not playing games. Mm-hmm. There's a directness to them that, you know, and I always say, you know, like, I, I know it's the wrong advice to give 20 somethings, but I'm like, stop with the rules, just mm-hmm. communicate. And if somebody is a match, They'll be direct. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. Back. If they like you, guess what? They're over there going, oh, should I text you? Not text yeah, yeah. too much. And so if somebody likes you and you communicate directly, you will have a match. If you are chasing validation... Because I, of yeah. what your partner looks like, or if this person hooks up with me, or that person, or this person, or the other thing, or it's all like a game. I know. And I think if you're, and I think you should be, this is what I did with Martha. I said, I want to scare her away from me by being 100% who I am. I want her to run from me or run towards me. Yeah. But me not compromising how I'm going to ask questions or how I talk or how I communicate or my values or my priorities. I'm not going to shy away from anything that I believe to be true for me in my life. Um, I'm going to be 100% honest and direct. And within five minutes of meeting her, we were talking about healing the inner child, right? Like right away we went yeah. into it, right? Yeah. And I was like, I hope I, I hope I scare away. I hope, I, you know, all these things I talk about. She asked me about at one point, probably like a month, in, a month and a half after I was starting to date. Still no sex. She said, what's your priorities, Lotus? What's your priorities in life? The old priorities question that every guy is scared of, right? <laughs> what's your priorities? And I said, well, after I tell you my priorities, I think you're going to want to not hang out with me anymore in this way. And she said, really? And she's getting like kind of worried. And I was like, I don't think you want to hear my priorities because 
I don't think you can handle the truth. Like, and, I, and I'm saying, maybe you can, but most women can't handle the truth based on my personal experience, yeah. right? If I tell you the full honesty, there's usually a reaction from a woman like, oh, I can't believe that's your problem. What are your priorities? Exactly. Now we need to know, dude. Exactly. So I told her, I said, listen, I'm going to tell you, but this is the end of our relationship. This is the end of our dating. But if you want it, you're asking for it. Okay. But I'm not going to compromise who I am. Because every woman wants to hear that the number one priority is what? Usually. I don't know. Number one priority most women want to hear is that they are the priority in that guy's life. That the woman is the number one priority. That's oh, what a lot okay. of women. That's what a lot of women want to hear. Gotcha. Once you're dating. Once you're dating and you're committed okay. in a relationship Got it. that that. Oh, I don't she, want that. Well, this is what a lot of women, okay. maybe insecure women, okay. want to hear. That you make me your top priority. Mm-hmm. If we're getting in a committed relationship, if we're going to get married, then I'm your top priority. That's what a lot of women want who are insecure or needy. That's what a lot of dudes want too who are insecure or needy. True. Mm-hmm. Individuals. Yep. And I said, um, you're you're. You're never going to be my, <laughs> I go, you're never going to be my top priority, my number one priority. Yeah. Uh, my number one priority in my life is my health. Yeah. Mental, spiritual, physical, emotional health. Mm-hmm. Because if my emotional health is off and I'm reactive, I'm not going to be a good partner. I'm not going to yep. be good in my business and yep. my life. Yeah. If my physical health is off, then that's going to take my time away from me and my yep. energy away. So yep. number one is my health. Yeah. My connection to all facets of my health. Mm-hmm. And I need a partner uh, who accepts me for that, that's going to take my time every day to focus on whatever I need for my health. Yep. That's number one. Okay. If you want a good partner, that's what I need. You're not my number two priority. No woman wants to hear that, that they're not one or two. Yeah, dude, that's not okay with me. No, I'm just kidding. Number two. <laughs> what is number two? Number two is my mission, my calling. You don't think that's part of health? No. I think health is me taking care of myself consciously, emotionally, mentally, physically, so I have the energy to take care of number two. See, this is the position I go into where I'm like, I'm absorbing this. Yeah, you know Great. what I mean? Like, I, I'm receiving it. I'm receiving yeah. it because I'm literally most like- Most people don't want to hear it. Well, because I, I always tied like- Well, here's the reason why. Spiritual and emotional uh-huh. kind of with the mission. Like, with purpose, I, I hear okay. you. But, but I okay, feel like- I got you, I got you. I need the energy spiritually, mentally, yep. emotionally, physically yep. to then use that energy towards my mission, my calling. Okay. The thing that I feel called by source, by God to do on this, this time that I'm here. Yep. If I don't do that, I'm going to be an unhappy person. Yes. If I say, okay, I've got a direct calling that I'm supposed to do for this season of my life. Maybe it changes in a year or 10 years. I love that you're really embracing spirituality, dude. 100%. If this is speaking to me and I'm saying, "Eh, I don't want to do this to my creator. Yeah, yeah. "Eh, You know what? I'd rather just discount what you're telling me to do. What I feel I'm supposed to do. Be of service to humanity. Yeah. Uh, If you don't support me and my mission, my purpose... And you want me to discount that and dim that? I'm not going to be happy. I'm going to be resentful. I'm going to feel like I'm resentful of the relationship, resentful of myself, resentful, you know, everything. I'm going to be off. Yeah, totally. And um, I need time to focus on my mission. The third thing will be my intimate relationship with you. Mm. You'll be number three. Now, listen, I I spend all my time with her. She she knows she's, it feels like a number one priority, right? I spend so much time with her. We just got back from a seven-day trip. Travel, we travel all the time together. We spend all our free time together. So it feels like number one. Yeah. Because it's not like I'm neglecting my time with her. She is a massive priority. Um, but she knows, but she understands that I need to take care of my health first, that I I need support on my mission. Don't pull me from it, but support it. 
is that I'm going to give you more and more time, more and more energy, more and more love and abundance than you've ever experienced with those first two priorities. Okay, so let me get this back to you. You ready? Yes. You have to have it like that. And this is the breakthrough that I just got. I'm so uh-huh. excited to go call Chris. Be like, dude! Okay, so you have to do that. You have mm-hmm. to make your health well-being whole. whole. If you're not whole, you can't one. be good in the relationship. Two, you got to have a purpose beyond the relationship. 100%. It's and, all about the relationship. Yes. And if you don't have those, because if I am being honest about moments where I've been a complete do-show to Chris, mm-hmm. technical term, mm-hmm. yeah. and, <laughs> or he's been like a jerk to me, it's because I'm not feeling good about myself. I'm not connected to work that I love or mm-hmm. doing something that's bigger than this. And so I take it out on him. 100%. Yes. You're resentful of yes. the relationship. So if you actually care about the other person and you care about the, the thing working long term, you, then you actually prioritize those two things. And this yes. goes back to dating. Mm-hmm. If you want to meet cool people and be in a relationship that makes you feel good, the second you feel yourself chasing somebody or it's bad for your mental health because you're too insecure to text the person, what? I'm not talking about like texting and blowing up their their, their mm-hmm. Snapchat because you're some psycho stalker. Yes. I'm talking about like, hey, what are you up to? Mm-hmm. If you're too insecure to do that, that is with your mental health. Yeah. That is a red flag. Mm-hmm. Here's a green flag. You feel comfortable texting because that's what you would normally do. Yes. Here's a green flag. You ask the person to hang out because that's what you would normally do. Here's another green flag. You feel like more of yourself. Here's another green flag. It's easy. Uh, Here's another green flag. Yeah. You should laugh a lot. Uh-huh. Have fun. Have fun. Yes. It doesn't need to be stressful. No. Or insecurity in there. And I think, you know, my friend Matthew Hussey talks about this a lot where he's- I've never met him. Oh, he's great. You should talk to him. Where he's like, listen, I think a lot of us, and I speak from personal experience. You know, I had a lot of insecurities growing up. I wanted everyone that I was interested in to, to like and love me in return. Mm-hmm. And if they didn't, then I didn't feel like I was enough. But we shouldn't take that as a signal that we're not enough or we're not lovable. It's just we're not the right match with that person. And he talks about just eliminating people as quickly as possible, not investing more time with one person. But hey, if this doesn't feel right, like you're saying, then just put them in the friend zone and move on with your life. Get back to doing you, living your life, having hanging out with your friends, doing fun activities mm-hmm. and attracting a better match. Mm-hmm. And going not through people quicker, but yes. meeting and experiencing people Quickly and letting them go or just not engaging with them when you realize, oh, this is not a good match. And be okay with them. That's it. Not, it's just a mismatch. Be okay with them not liking you. Yeah. I think that was really hard for me. I wanted people to like me early on if I if I had interest in them. And so it's like being okay if you're not the right match for someone. Well, and also think about this. Think about the fact that at every like moment in your life, every like if you think of, I like to think about life as like this one long road trip. Every year is a mile yeah, marker, right? Yeah. And at every mile marker, you're a freaking different person. 100%. So think about all the people you hung out with in high school. They were your ride or die. And then you go and you go through mile marker 18 to 22, you become a different person. And there are some people that are now a mismatch. They're not bad people. Yeah. You're just not as connected in the, as you were in the past. Yes. That's it. That's it. And so move through people that are not a match. Because it's the fastest way to find people who are. 100%. Yes. And by the way, you might find 20 mile markers down the road 20 years from now. 
that person's a match again. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Come back full circle. Totally. So what do you think about my three priorities? I love them. I'm going to steal it. Okay. I'll credit you though. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go back. Like it, as, you know Because you it, had a little reaction at first. You're like, I don't like that. Well, I didn't like not being number two. Exactly. Yeah. No one. See, I told you, no woman wants to hear that. I don't want to hear that. No woman wants to hear that they're not one. Dude, no dude wants to hear that either. But I want my my partner. I don't want to be number one for her. I want her to. Yeah, because then you'd be with a clingy. I want. <laughs> and I and I don't want to be number one I for want, my dude. I want someone because... who's neglecting their health for me. Why? You're getting unhealthy for me. Well, and here's the thing. Here's here's one of the things I would like to change. I'm asking everybody. I'm talking to this. Yeah. Can we come up with a different word? For mental health. Because I... I just call it mental, emotional, no, spiritual, physical. No, I think it needs to be mm-hmm. body focused. Mm-hmm. Because, right. again, when I see... Because it's a nervous system health. Is what yes. It is. And because when I hear mental health, I think about thoughts. And I think about like mm-hmm. everything going from the neck up, upstairs. But when, it's really your emotional... That's what happens ...nervous first. system that needs to heal. You feel something first. Your mm-hmm. body feels it first. So... Before you even, if you're going through dating issues, before you even start to wrestle with thoughts, you feel uncomfortable about whether you should. Text. And then you start analyzing it. Yes, you start yeah. stacking these thoughts. And you start worrying and stressing. In and your then thoughts. it amplifies here, but it begins Man, here. This is why. You know, this I... is where the red flags are, everybody. You feel discomfort here. Man. It's not a match. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how much negotiating you do with yourself up here. There is no perfect time to send a text. Hey, what are you doing? Exactly. And when you're stressing about that, that's that's something you got to work on for yourself. It's not about the other person. It's mm-hmm. about you. Why am I stressing? This is why I just I was telling you about this, where I went through a seven-day uh, advanced meditation retreat with Dr. Joe Dispenza. And he talks about how, man, we've really got to heal all these different things with our thinking and with our body. And it takes practice. You know, this is a practice thing that you've got to learn how to optimize. And it's it's really creating an intentional thought and then an elevated emotion so you can attract what you want. But if you're thinking scarce thinking and stressed out thoughts, you're going to be more needy and reactive. Oh, so is he basically using the science of like trauma in a positive way? Yes. So when you have an elevated emotion, mm-hmm. it, it fires up your nervous system. And, and so like, then the yeah. thought mm-hmm. gets married well, to that emotion. It's, what's the intentional thought that you want? I want a healthy relationship. So seeing that, so putting focus on uh, a healthy relationship in your mm-hmm. thinking mm-hmm. first. Mm-hmm. Okay, what does that feel like? It feels peaceful. It feels joyful. I can be myself. I feel we have fun. We play. You know, uh, when I communicate, they communicate back directly in a conscious way. Man, that feels really good. Okay, let's go create from that space as opposed to I feel anxious and tired and I'm alone and I feel like no one loves me. Can someone please love me? You know, so it's thinking like and, then, and, then you're feeling, and then you're feeling stressed and you're creating from that space yeah. of, of lack, less than loneliness and fear of someone loving you. And all my friends are all in relationships, but I'm not. There's something wrong with me. I should go... And then I'm anxious as opposed to, I'm going to be conscious about my thinking about what it is I want in a relationship and then feel the feeling and create from that space Mm -hmm. and really focus on, and he talks, you know, he does a lot of the meditation practices to heal the nervous system, Mm -hmm. to go into the quantum field so you can heal the nervous system. Yeah. And I think that's, I wish I knew this stuff earlier, but. um, Can I go back to something about the dating? Because you asked me what, like, do I do? Yes. 
So I've made I made some major mistakes, mm-hmm. and I want to. When you were dating? No, no, no. With 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 your kids? Yeah. Okay. Um, I did some. Chris and I did some incredible things. Like I think one of the things we got right, very right, is how we handled the discussion around sex. That's good. Because yes. most people never talk about it. Oh, parents. we we do it in a complete Jedi mind trick way. So when our kids were young, daughters in particular, like twelve, thirteen, yeah, yeah. sat them down and said, "Listen." Sex is amazing. Uh-huh. It is one of the most incredible things about your adult life. Wow. It is so incredible that you do not want to waste that experience of the first time you experience sex with some loser in the back of a car. Like right. this is actually something that deserves respect and you want to have that experience with somebody that you love and here's and we want to make sure you're safe and that you or with a partner so you can enjoy it. Because a lot of times the first experience, and, and your kids are like this. Uh-huh. Wait, are you telling me to have sex? What's happening here? And I say, so here's what we're going to do. When you think you love somebody and you have found the person you would like to have your first sexual experience with, come to dad and I. Mm, that's good. And we will get your protection. And here's what else we're going to do. We're going to uh, leave the house. Wow. So you can have the house... <laughs> To yourself. Wow. You can be That's in your crazy. room. Why is it crazy? No, it's amazing you guys did that. You can be in your room. You can play music. You can be in a safe space. And you can take your time. Like, we won't ask any details. Wow, that's amazing. But we'll leave for the, you know, we'll leave for many hours and then we'll come home. And what was fascinating is, like, our kids gave us that look like. <sighs> and then they came to us. Uh-huh. And what okay. they and, came what in 13, 14? No, Jesus. no, like uh, I think like sophomore year, maybe yeah, yeah, and yeah. a sophomore year. And what was amazing about it is that when you have your conversation match the reality, which mm. is sex is amazing. Because they're gonna do it anyways at some point. And do you, you want well, them talking to their dick friends about no, it? Who have no clue about it. And this also gives you a chance, mm. by the way, to be there as an adult. To then go, oh, because when they come to you, you're like, I'm not ready for this. But you don't say that. You say, okay, well, why do you think you're ready? And tell me how this person makes you feel. And, you know, uh, hopefully you, and we, of course, they had been in a relationship for a year or so. So we knew the person and we, and so that was absolutely incredible because that is exactly what happened. And we got them protection and and we left the house and they felt supported. And the other thing that, because otherwise they would do it behind your back anyways. If they didn't of course. tell you about it, they'd go do it in the back of a car and hide it from you. And then feel shame. And hide Instead it Instead of you. feeling empowered. And for, mm-hmm. for girls in particular, there is not a loud enough conversation about pleasure in sex and empowerment in sex and being in the driver's seat around it. And so there's too much shame and secrecy around it, which is why it becomes a mental health issue. And so the other thing that I think was interesting too is, you know, and in that same conversation, we were like, and look, you're going to get a lot of pressure mm-hmm. as you are fooling around with people to go down on them. I want you to stop and think about something. Are they going down on you? Mm. Mom! Well, I'm serious. This right. isn't just about them, guys. Like, why are you so quick to do that to them? Right. You're trying to prove something? Like, isn't, shouldn't it be reciprocal? Sure. Haven't you thought about the fact that your needs are important? 
and that you should be with somebody that really is is concerned about your needs too. Mm-hmm. I mean, Powerful. talk about a mind because because it gets them to stop and consider. Wait, I have power in this because from a very young age, from a gender traditional heterosexual gender perspective, what happens at a junior high dance? Who asks who to dance? The guy asks the girl. Correct. Yeah. So the girls are trained to wait. To wait. And to be chosen. And then you notice who gets picked and who doesn't. Right. And so from a very young age, we are socialized to believe that we are supposed to be picked. Which is where so much of the preening and the sexualization Mm -hmm. comes from. And so as a mom, I have been trying in subtle ways and not so subtle ways (laughs) to get my daughters to go, well, why are they picking? Mm Mm-hmm. Stop, like, you know, I get that it's it sucks that you go to a bar and all the guys approach your friends, but why, why are you waiting to get picked? Sure. Like, can we change the conversation about this? Can mm-hmm. you think differently about this? Like, don't you have so much cool shit going on? Right. Why would you leave it up to some random dude approaching you? I know. But, and then finally, one mm-hmm. more thing. Never tell them all that stuff when they're in distress. All right. So when they call you and they're like freaking out because some guy they've been hooking up with now is hooking up with somebody else or they're not texting back Mm -hmm. or they're sad about this or they're worried about that. Just say this. This changed my parenting. I know I've shared it with you before. Do you want me to listen or would you like some advice? Mm -hmm. And they always say, I want you to listen. And the other question that I always just ask as I'm listening and I'm going, red flag, red flag, red flag, red flag. Well, how did that make you feel? How did that make you feel? Is that how you want to feel? How would it be, like, what would you have wanted this person to do Mm -hmm. to get them to start to vocalize how it's actually impacting them? Yeah. Because if you tell them, I don't like that person or I don't like what you're doing, now what you're doing is you're creating this triangle and they'll choose the romantic partner. Right. So if you want to make an impact, it's this tricky dance of knowing that they're in a red flag situation or a mismatch that's not great for their mental health. But you got to find ways to just listen and validate to keep them close. Yeah. Why do you think 99% of people stay single that are single? Wait, what? Why do you think the people that are single stay single? Why do you think that's hard for them to get into a healthy, conscious relationship? Why do you think they're staying single longer and it's hard for them to enter a relationship? Oh, I think it's probably because there's stuff about themselves that they can't stand or are insecure about and they're trying to solve it with a relationship. Mm-hmm. Like a relationship's not a band-aid for the things you don't like about yourself. A relationship just amplifies. It either amplifies insecurity or amplifies more of the good stuff. Right. And so if you're chronically single, and look, I don't know that this is true, but my guess is there's probably something that you've been unwilling to look at and you believe that a relationship is going to solve it. What's going to solve the problem? Yeah. What, what will solve the problem instead of the relationship? Um, I, I think like doing all the work to just... Yeah face the stuff that you're avoiding or that you feel pain about. 
And look, I, I, you know, one of my best friends in the whole world is like the greatest person. I just adore her. And she's been single for a long time and has not met anybody. And it makes me really, really sad. And because she's sad about it because she's lonely. How long has she been single for? Um, well, I mean, she's dated people, but just not found the one. And she's my age. And, you know, has always wanted Never to get married. married. No, always wanted to, wanted to have kids, was with the wrong person in her 30s. Mm-hmm. And, you know, was with somebody who kept saying, like you said, mismatch. I don't want kids. I don't want to get married. And she kept thinking she could change them. And then all of a sudden 40 hits and just a lot of dating and not finding the right person. Mm. And there's probably something, like you said, there's a long string of things. And even if you've been in therapy, maybe there's something that you haven't really uncovered yet. Mm-hmm. It's powerful relationship advice. Um, I want people to follow you on the new podcast, the Mel Robbins podcast. Make sure you guys check it out. MelRobbins.com. Everyone on Instagram, social media, you're crushing the social media game. New podcast, amazing. Uh, twice a week right now. Yeah. So make sure you guys go check it out, subscribe, leave a review. You can also hear me. The second episode is my daughter calling I know, it's fascinating. Saying that somebody she used to be interested in now likes her friend. And and I record a phone call where we unpack that sort of emotional tsunami and how do you make it a win? Because she doesn't want to be with them. It just stirs up all that insecurity, right? When somebody chooses somebody else, even though you don't want to be with them. Mm -hmm. And I really wanted to not just talk about this stuff. I wanted to bring people along for the ride in real time. And so my yes. my my uh, boundary with my kids, though, is nothing airs unless you've heard it. Right. And you said it's okay. Mm, it's and of course, she's now Big like seven. crazy in love with somebody. And yeah, uh, she doesn't care anymore. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> it's like, whatever. It's like yeah. two weeks ago. I don't care. <laughs> I love it. Mel, very uh, grateful for your wisdom. I think 26 <laughs> years of, of marriage and, you know, some great stuff and some challenges, you've got a lot of wisdom to share. So, so do you. And I, well, I'm stealing that three-part thing. <laughs> Chris, you're number three. Kids what? are number four. <laughs> Dog is number five. Exactly, right? Yep. I think you got to put your health first. But, I mean, again, most women don't want to hear that. You didn't want to hear that right I mean, away. Most dudes don't want to hear it, okay? But when I, told, when I told Martha this, she was like, thank you. Because everyone that I've dated before made me their priority and they didn't have a mission or a mm. purpose. And so that was the key. It was like, she's like, what is the thing you want to do in life? So uh, very grateful for you for sharing your wisdom and uh, excited for people to check out your show with the episode about your daughter. Right. It's going to be powerful. It's going to be powerful. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and it inspired you on your journey towards greatness. Make sure to check out the show notes in the description for a full rundown of today's episode with all the important links. And if you want weekly exclusive bonus episodes with me personally, as well as ad-free listening, then make sure to subscribe to our Greatness Plus channel exclusively on Apple Podcasts. Share this with a friend on social media and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts as well. Let me know what you enjoyed about this episode episode in that review. I really love hearing feedback from you and it helps us figure out how we can support and serve you moving forward. And I want to remind you if no one has told you lately that you are loved, you are worthy, and you matter. And now it's time to go out there and do something great. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll, 
to after you graduate. Pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today.